Thank you, Jan. I pray that the Lord brings his blessing through the reading of his word this morning. I know there's a few fans of Colin Buchanan here. Um, there's one track on one of his tapes that I think is particularly special. It's The Silence that was recorded during the album. It comes right at the end and Colin introduces it. Well, somebody does and says, now here's a recording of all the silence that's been recorded during the rec recording of this album. And after about three or four seconds of silence, you hear a cough and the announcer says, all right, now we'll have to begin the period of silence again because it's been interrupted. And the period of silence begins again for two or three seconds and then the door opens and there's an excuse. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And then there's a bird clucking and someone sneezing and, and it goes on and, and soon there's a construction noise coming through the windows and, and uh, the announcer has to apologise that we thought this was the, the recording of all the silence that's been recorded but actually not very much silence has been recorded. What does the silence sound like in your life? Is it full of everything else and not very full of nothing at all? Maybe the silence in your life includes emotional noise or stress noise or spiritual noise. Maybe there's an incessant voice in your head that you just can't get rid of. We began our service with a, a reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel. It's that word that Israel is called to hear. Listen. God is speaking. He wants you to hear him. I want to ask you this morning, are you in a place to hear what God is saying to you? Last week we uh, focused on Bible reading and said that a return to Bible reading is a return to God himself. For this is the word of God. And I hope many of you have spent time this week reading your Bible, maybe time returning to your Bible, maybe time exploring what are different ways that I can be reading my Bible. Can I read a psalm a day? Will I follow a Bible in a year response? Uh, I was encouraged to hear that some were committing to uh, some accountability, one person to another, to journal what it was that, that they were hearing from God as they were reading. Some of the things that I think are important to Bible reading that we didn't talk about are things like not just reading large passages of Scripture. I think there's great benefit in that, having Scripture in its context. But sometimes taking a, just a small a couple of verses and, and meditating on them, saying, God, what is it in this verse that you want me to hear? And even to spend time memorizing those verses because when we go to read the Bible, we go wanting to hear from God. Or sometimes we go out of duty, but we know that's where we're going to hear God. But often it's the times that we are not reading the Bible that we most need to hear from God. And the way that he speaks to us in those times is in the recalling of Scripture to our minds. So if you haven't spent time reading, if you haven't spent time memorizing and meditating, well then it's hard to hear from God in the times that you're not wanting to hear from God. But today we're going to talk about what it means to, to wait upon God, to draw aside, to humble ourselves and to listen. 
Can I just invite you to ask God to teach that to each of us this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we've taken aside this time in our week and this time in our day and this time in our service to open your word and to hear from you. Lord, maybe we've done it out of duty. Maybe we've done it out of personal need or necessity or, or something that is, is crowding our life otherwise. But Lord, we pray that you would honour this time for us, that as we draw aside, as we stop, as we wait, as we listen, that you would speak to us. And more than this, Lord, we pray that, that as we do this in the first of our week and the first of our day, Lord, we pray that this would be something that, that you place within our lives, that we are able to find an opportunity to, to withdraw, an opportunity to wait, an opportunity to listen. Lord, we want to hear from you. And so we ask that you speak and that you open our ears that we would listen. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank Jan for the passage that she read to us this morning. We'll return to it a little bit later. But before we do, I want you to uh, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. Because we're speaking about silence this morning. Because it's in silence that I believe we hear God speak. I believe that to be true, partly because I believe the opposite to be true. That when there is a lot of noise in our lives, it's very hard to hear what it is that God's saying to us. In 1 Kings, we get an example of Elijah. He's one man in a nation who is seeking to hear from God. The nation around about him are not particularly interested in hearing the voice of God. They're erecting other Baals and idols and, and gods that they can worship, interested in what those are telling them to do, partly because the root of idolatry, it's, it's worshipping a God who, who essentially says to us the things that we want to hear. That's why we set up uh, idols for ourselves. They're gods in our own image. They reinforce our pleasures, our desires, our wants and the things that we want to hear. Elijah was one man who was standing against the, the stem of, of, of what it was that the, the nation was pursuing. And he took issue with Ahab and Jezebel, and you may know the story very well, uh, of, of God keeping through the, the word of Elijah rain from the land in order to capture the people's attention. And it all came to a showdown when uh, Elijah challenges uh, the, the prophets of, of Baal to a showdown. Uh, you call upon your God to, to bring fire down upon your altar and, and I'll call upon my God and we'll see who's ready to listen. And he's taunt in amongst all of that as, you know, speak out louder, maybe your God is, is asleep, maybe you need to rouse him. Um, but it's God who, who proves himself on that day. I want to pick it up just after that because... I can speak about God performing a, a wonderful, great victory at a time where, where there's so much happening and uh, so much drama and excitement. And we kind of know that God can be that kind of a God, that, that when things are, uh, are in crisis and, and everything's uh, blowing up in our lives, that, that there are times there that God works powerfully. But after all of this, uh, Jezebel 
curses Elijah and, and Elijah flees. 1 Kings 19 verse 9. He came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the God came, came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left and they seek my life to take it away. Ever get to that point where you feel like you're the only one who's suffering the things that you're suffering? That's where Elijah was, alone in a cave. And God said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great, with a, a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. He went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Our lives are terribly noisy, full of distraction, full of stress, full of worries and concerns, full of TV serials and radio shows, even full of music that follows us around everywhere. You might have heard that Apple is... Uh, transforming their iTunes platform. It might mean very little to you, but they're, they're saying that it's a big thing in our music industry because people no longer listen to albums like they used to. iTunes brought a, a difference to the way that we, we stream music. My father-in-law said to me yesterday, oh, I've got a CD in the car I, I want you to, to, to have a lend of. I just about said to him, I don't know where I've got a CD player I could listen to it. But I said to him, almost wanted to say, I can, I can listen to that guy without you giving me the CD. I can just look it up on Apple Music and there it will be. Um, but in the midst of all this, the media is saying, actually, the way that we've, we listen to music is different now. Artists know that we don't sit down and put a, radio, uh, a record on the, the record player and, and listen through the A side and then flip it and listen through the B side. We just put music on as a background. It's just part of our noise. It's, it's background noise. If it's unpleasant to us in the background, we don't want to listen to it. Why are we so interested in filling our lives with noise and distraction, do you think? I think it accomplishes little of what it promises. It doesn't actually relax us. It doesn't actually take us to a place of retreat. It does little of what it promises. The rest, reflection, the messages of hope and strength. Instead, we need to find these outside of the earthquakes and outside of the fires and outside of the storms, outside of the cave in the still, small voice. It was actually in the silence that Elijah heard God. So it is with us. We like to be lured by the drama, by the excitement of, of our lives, but actually what's required is quiet. Silence. It's critical to our hearing, and God wants us to listen. 
Only in listening can we recognise and receive the comfort that he wants to give to us or the direction that God has for our lives or what is his intention. So what is it that's preventing you from hearing? God's desire for you is to hear him, but his voice is not found in distraction. Let's turn back to Isaiah chapter 30. This is God's desire for you. Isaiah 30, 15. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust will be your strength. But you are unwilling. God's desire for you, believe it or not, is salvation and strength. And how he wants to give it to you is in returning and rest in quietness and trust. The very things that we want, salvation and strength, God is there willing to give to us. But the way that he wants to give it are in the very things that we like to avoid. Returning to him, resting in him, sitting quietly before him and just trusting in him. Instead, we like the people of Israel respond in these ways. Isaiah says, you, your voice is to say, no, we will flee upon our horses. Therefore, we shall flee away. We will ride upon swift steeds. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift, Isaiah says. A thousand flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you shall flee till you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. What are the things that you run to? When you get home from work and you think, I just want to relax, you sit down, you turn on the television. Not because you're interested in what's on the television necessarily, just because you're interested in not being interested in anything at the moment. I just want five minutes where I can relax, we say, and so we fill our, our rooms with noise and our face with images. We do the same with our music in our ears or the music in our cars. We run away from what should be the source of our strength. God wants to be gracious to you, but he can't when you're seeking after everything else to bring you peace. What does Isaiah say that the Lord is doing? Verse 18, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. He exalts himself to show mercy to you. The Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Maybe the thing that's keeping you from hearing God is the distraction of your own selfish pursuits or your own sinful desires. Maybe they're the things that you're running to that will, will give you some comfort or give you some satisfaction. But God is waiting that you will return to him. What God desires for us is that we should wait. It's an interesting little contrast, isn't it? That God's waiting for us to return. And the way that we return is that we have to wait for him. We don't like having to wait for anything. That's part of the society that we are a part of, that I can get anything at any time. I, I don't have to wait. I don't have to wonder. I, I, I can just Google it and find the answer. 
I can, I can just order it online and it will be delivered to me. I can just go, you know, pre-book my tickets and go to the front of the line and, and collect them as soon as I get there. We don't like to wait. And so the idea of waiting upon God is something that we just think is, is abhorrent to us. Why should I wait for God? The wonderful thing is that God is already waiting for you. It's not going to take a long time in silence waiting upon God to know that God is present with you. He's actually already in that seat across from you waiting that you will sit down next to him. He's already awake early in the morning waiting that you would wake and spend time with him. He's already waiting for you at work so that when you close your eyes and spend a moment just listening for his voice, that he's there ready to speak. He's already waiting for you at home at the end of the day. He's already waiting for you in your bedroom as you come and, and end your day with him. But he's desiring that you would wait. Silence. I think, is critical to this. And that takes some work. The discipline of silence, it's not meant to be a chore or a punishment. It's meant to be an occasion of love, an act of worship, a time to wait and to listen. It's an opportunity to restore our spiritual perspective and pursue the will of God. Most of all, Silence gives us that chance to be with God, to hear him, to listen and to respond. It's not just in the Old Testament that silence is important either. If you were to look at, at Jesus and the life of his disciples, well, in his very ministry, we see that it begins with, with a time of solitude and a time of silence. We're told that he's compelled after his baptism to go into the wilderness. It's the Spirit of God compelling him to do so. He retreats into, into isolation before he ever goes out in order to preach. We see it after his baptism. We see it at the beginning of his ministry before he calls the disciples to himself. He goes up onto the mountainside and, and spends days praying and, and all of one night before appointing the disciples to be with him. And we see it at critical times within his ministry as well. In Matthew 14, we read that when Jesus heard about the death of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. In Mark 6, we read of a, the similar time, and it, but Mark tells us that, that Jesus said to his disciples, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Jesus in his own practice in ministry sought to be alone in silence, in, in the quiet. And he sought that for his disciples as well. Didn't always find it, mind you. At, in those moments, they, they went away in the boat to the other side of the lake and the people ran around the lake as they were, were going in order to meet them on the other side. In that time, Jesus had compassion for the people, fed 5,000 men in, in one sitting and many more. 
But again, afterwards, Matthew 14, 22, we read, Immediately he made the disciples to get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone. Do you ever find yourself alone? I don't mean lonely. I mean intentionally alone. Now, I've read of, of housewives who will uh, you know, lift a, an apron over their head to let the kids know this is my moment. I'm just praying with God. Just If there's an urgent need, know that I'll, I'll get there in, in just a few moments. I know of others who have retreated to closets or bathrooms. Um, but it's important to find that place where you can be alone in the busyness of work or in the busyness of family. Find that place where even for five minutes you can set a timer to it. Say, I want to be alone for five minutes. I want to be quiet and I want to be with God. What else is important in finding that silence that God is seeking for you? It's not just being alone. It's not just being in a quiet place. Sometimes it's being quiet yourself. Some of us are good as good at talking, aren't we? And it's our own voices that need to be stilled in order for us to enjoy silence. Like many disciplines, times of, of going without, like going without talking, actually allow you to be more controlled when you do talk. Times of going without eating allow you to be more controlled when you do eat. Prayer, solitude and silence helps to bring those disciplines into our lives. And silence helps in these ways. Spiritually, when we practice the discipline of silence, we become more aware and more responsive to what God is saying to us. God can use the silence to make us aware of corrosion or cracks, things that eat away at us, keeping us from healing and wholeness. So be aware in your silence. God, what is it? that you want to say to my spirit. Periods of silence help us physically. Our bodies need time to slow down. I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times where I've gone away to pray to God and found myself falling asleep, um, kneeling beside a bed and drooling into the mattress. That's okay. Sometimes our bodies need to stop as well and they need that rest. But as you wake, recognize what it is that you're doing there. I'm here to be silent before the Lord. Now that my body has rested, let me continue in that silence. We shouldn't... Um, so spiritually, physically, let's, let's come to silence. Let's also come to silence mentally. Let's stop worrying for just a few moments. Let's stop doubting for just a time. Let's let go of our frustration, even for a moment. Let's let the silence bring clarity and wisdom and creativity to our work and to our relationships. Stop the thought patterns continuing swirling around your head in their tracks. Just bring it to a halt for a moment and see what silence can do to your thinking. 
and involve silence in your emotions. Quiet yourself. Clarify your emotions. See the truth about yourself, not just how you feel. See your truth. See the truth about your relationships, not just the ways that you want to respond. Is pride standing in my way, the way of my forgiveness? Is fear inter- interfering with my love? Is worry crippling my creativity? Are my relationships at risk because I'm impaired spiritually? In silence comes peace. We seek peace, but we find it in the silence. And it's this peace that gives greater understanding of God, what, who God is and what he has planned for each of us. Now, I just want to bring this principle of silence back to the things that we were looking at last week, of Bible study, of meditation and memorization. I want to give you three verses. Uh, you can write them down if you're writing notes. You can... Uh, Listen to the podcast later if you need to to pick them up. These are are verses that I think speak to this discipline of silence and what God has for us. And if you meditate on these, I think it will help to bring you to that place of peace. If you memorize them, I think it will be what God uh, uses to to help bring you to to silence through your life. The first is Lamentations 3, 21 to 26. Lamentations 3, 21 to 26. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Lamentations 3, 21 to 26. You hear the encouragement there to draw aside in silence, to seek God, to wait upon him. What are the things that you'll be reminded of? His steadfast love, his mercies that are new every morning. Let that bring peace to your soul. The second is this, Psalm 62, 5 to 8. We've used it already in prayer this morning. Psalm 62, 5 to 8. It's one little stanza within the psalm that stands alone. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He is my rock and my salvation my fortress, I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is for us a refuge. What wonderful words to be able to speak to not only yourself, but somebody else who's going through a difficult time That if we wait upon God in silence, we find him as a rock and as a refuge. Trust him at all times. Pour out your heart before him. Now, if you find memory verses that are a few verses long difficult, this this last one's for you. 
Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Four parts. First two are the same, so it's easy, isn't it? Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, 14. That's my encouragement to you this morning. Wait for the Lord. You might be in a cave of distress. You might be in the midst of things happening in your life that are just crowding your thinking constantly. Whether it's a physical ailment, whether it's something in your emotions, something in your spirit. There might be something that just seems to be what's taking up all the airtime in your head or in your life. God's calling you to wait upon him. Be strong. As we said at the beginning, it's God's desire that we know his salvation, that we know his strength. If you are feeling weak in your life, this message is for you. Wait upon the Lord and know his strength. Let your heart take courage. God doesn't want you despairing every day that you're not meeting his standard, despairing every day that, that the things that I hope for, they're never going to happen. The dreams that I'm investing are, are never going to come to, to, to fulfillment. God wants you to take courage. He knows his plans for you. You will not be forsaken. His love for you will never fail. It's steadfast. Take courage and wait for the Lord. Let's come before him. Father, we wait for you. And in waiting, we know that you have been waiting for us. What an encouragement that is. We wait for you and we surrender the noise and distractions of our lives. We wait for you and we commit ourselves to, to silence the television just a little bit more this week. To stop from our busyness just a little more often this week. To draw aside and be on our own just a little more to wait for you. Lord, we pray in faith that as we determine to wait upon you and rest in your peace and your salvation, to work with your strength and with the courage that you provide, that those longings of our heart will be satisfied, that you will meet the needs of our distress, that you will allow us to, to go back into the battle that you will allow us to enjoy the rain when it comes. Lord, we wait upon you. We pray, Lord, that in our, our waiting and in our silence, that, that you will enable us to be a strength for others. That we will be able to have time just to, to sit and listen to, to the lives and the stories and the the, the problems and the grief of one another, that we would have a message of hope and encouragement as we speak. We wait for you.
Lord, we wait for you that in the grief of losing a friend, a loved one, a relative, that you would be with us. We wait for you. We wait for you, Lord, even after times of, of great success and, and, and wonderful things happening in ministry. Lord, we want to return to you and give thanks to you. We wait for you. Lord, in the, the burden that many of us carry of the needs of others who are close to us, those in our families, Lord, we bring their cares before you and we wait for you. And Lord, we confess before you that sometimes the burden of our, our guilt or our own disappointment at the way we are living keeps us from coming to you and, and having that guilt resolved and, and those expectations cleansed from us. Lord, we wait for you. Restore us as people created in your image. Restore us as members of family, one to another. Restore us as your people, people of hope, people of promise. Restore us as your church. Help us to wait upon you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.